Welcome back to Life on My Terms, a podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and take charge of your life. In the podcast, I sit down with experts in health and wellness, all the way to relationships, career, and life advice. My goal for each episode is to empower you to be your best self, become 1% better every day, and achieve everything you want in this thing called life. I am your host, Amy Mongeta, at Life on My Terms podcast on Instagram. And before we jump into today's episode, please remember to rate and review the podcast via your platform of choice. And if you're loving the episodes, share away. Today, I sit down with Dr. Dwayne Scotty, runner, physical therapist, certified run coach, host of Healthy Runner podcast, and founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where he helps runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Dwayne is on a mission to change the traditional thinking that running causes overuse injuries and you must take a break in order to get better. And today we chat just about how powerful running is for your self-confidence as a spiritual outlet and frankly, that magic pill you may be looking for. Let's jump in. Dwayne, we meet again. Thank you for joining me on Life on My Terms podcast. How are you doing today? Lovely Thursday. Oh, Amy, so good to see you again. Um, Thank you for inviting me on your show. And I'm looking forward uh, to this chat. Yes. Well, I usually start with an introduction right off the bat. But first, I have to say congratulations on your recent marathon. I hope it was everything you had planned for and more. How did it go? Yeah, it um, was definitely more. I'll (laughs) say that. (laughs) Um, I think anyone who runs enough road races has uh, those races that you really, um, you know, you can prepare all you want. And there are just going to be things that go unexpected on race day. Um, so that was one of those days, unfortunately it happened, um, during my second ever, uh, marathon. So I was really happy that, um, I was able to mentally kind of push through the struggles that I was experiencing. And it was a kind of a testament to my physical preparation, um, leading up to the race that I was able to do. Um, and, and, and be strong at the end, you know, my main goal was to really not cramp up and not have to like walk and cramp and, you know, fight through those, Mm -hmm. um, during the last six miles, like I did five years ago. And I certainly accomplished that goal. Uh, so that was good. And we're only (laughs) what, I don't even like five days after a marathon and I feel almost like a hundred percent recovered. Um, so kind of speaks to, I think the physical preparation, but, um, was it the magical day, um, that I would have liked it to be, uh, no, I wouldn't call it exactly magical. There were many, uh, many wins and there were a couple of things that I wish didn't happen, but I guess, you know, that is probably, that is actually more the reality of running races than what, you know, many people see on social media and things like that, where you only see the wins and the highlights. It's so true. Um, I always think to myself, like if the marathon could, or the race could only be guaranteed, you know, after all the preparation and everything that looks like what you're going to do on paper, you just wish the race could be guaranteed, but the marathon doesn't owe us anything. Race day doesn't owe us anything. It's we get there and we do our best. And I think that's sort of where those lifelong lessons come from, from this particular sport, you know, is like having a person severe through what didn't go well. Right. Absolutely. And, and just enjoying the journey. Like I actually, you know, for someone who, you know, has run like 67 road races and, you know, being marathons, um, you know, doing this marathon, like training cycle, I was a little nervous about it, but I really actually enjoyed the process. 
and enjoy yes. the training. So, you know, I learned so much about myself, uh, physically, mentally, right. And emotionally during that whole process and journey where I know that is only going to make me stronger and all those elements kind of moving forward, not only for my running, but for my life too. Right. And I'm sure we're going to talk about yeah. some of that today as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I brought you here today because I would love to talk very much about kind of running as medicine, especially through difficult times, but also the life lessons and whatnot that it can like cascade. Um, but before that, and thank you for telling me all about your marathon, let the listeners know a little bit about who you are. Um, yeah, so I am a physical therapist, um, a running physical therapist, a run coach, and I'm the um, host of the Healthy Runner podcast. And I really just have a passion for helping runners really get stronger, um, learn how to run the proper way um, so they don't get injured and really be able to enjoy running for longevity. And, you know, it is something that we can do um, as we age gracefully, as I'm in my 40s and actually next week hitting another year off of the uh, <laughs> off of the uh, box there. Um, it is a sport that we can do, um, you know, as we age and it, it has so many benefits. And I just want to help, you know, more runners out there learn how to do it properly and stay healthy um, so they can, you know, reap those benefits uh, for the rest of their life. I think that's fantastic. You mean to tell me that your knees are just not going to be terrible from running all the time? That's what I hear all the no, time. Amy, your that knees. Is, <laughs> that is such a myth. We actually did a whole episode on that on the podcast with an orthopedic specialist um, sharing all the research. And yes, that is like myth number one. If you're tuning in right now and you just think, you know, running is bad for your knees. Running does not cause arthritis and running is not bad for your knees. And there's actually less of incident of arthritis in those who run than those who don't. So you can tell your mom, your aunt, whoever's been like nagging you and bugging you saying like, you shouldn't be running that much. It's bad for your knees. You tell them it's false. Just like going outside without a jacket is not going to give you a cold, right? Okay, mom, listen up here. I hope you're going <laughs> to listen to this episode. Okay. So I'd love to learn a little bit about your running journey and how it sort of intersected with physical therapy. Were you running before that? What, how did it sort of come to life for you? Cause I know your big passion is, you know, helping runners be the healthiest they can be and the strongest they can be. So what does that look like for you? Um, yeah, well, I guess to answer your question is, you know, running, I'm an adult onset runner. So going through physical therapy school, I kind of found the gym and became a gym rat, so to speak, and just really loved applying everything I was learning about, you know, from anatomy standpoint, kinesiology, muscle standpoint, and like, hey, what are these muscles? And these are what they do. And really just like applying that in the gym with, you know, specific exercises and was always that person like five times a week in the gym. And I would, you know, do some treadmill running for cardio like to lean out, especially during, you know, the summer yeah. months. Right. And when you wanted to kind of get lean. So that was the extent of my running. And it really wasn't until our you know, very intense as I actually look at my window right now, I see a volleyball net up because my <laughs> girls play volleyball. Yeah. Um, it was an intense backyard volleyball game uh, during, I think it was actually, it was my youngest daughter's um, first birthday party, had the whole family over and, you know, we got a little intense. I like to, you know, throw it down, but I'm not like formally trained in volleyball, of course. <laughs> and I landed and hurt my hip, uh, wound it up having a cartilage tear, labral tear, um, did everything you know, I, I knew I needed to do from a physical therapy standpoint. Um, but unfortunately I did eat surgery. So I did have yeah. to get a, um, a hip scope, uh, where they like repair the labrum, repair the cartilage. And you know, that it wasn't until then and recovering from that moment where I was like first time ever, like out of shape and, you know, needed to get back in shape. And I asked my surgeon was like, you know, all right, this is not good here. I'm getting like dad bod here. I had like two young girls at the time and I was in my thirties. I'm like, Hey, I'm not in my twenties anymore. And, you know, he's like, just go outside and run. And here in Connecticut, it was like the first week in March and it was still freaking cold. And I'm like, sure. Go outside. Like people do that. Like I, I just run on the treadmill at the gym <laughs> and he's like, just don't do the treadmill because of where the surgery was in my hip joint treadmill with the way it goes backwards 
little complicated, but mm. it would put stress to the area you did the surgery. So I was like, you know, motivated to get back in shape. So I was like, let me try this thing. I remember going outside on that really cold uh, morning um, before my workout in the gym. And it was weird because I never had done that before, but it, at the same time felt like exhilarating just mm -hmm. to be outside and like breathe in the crisp air and like look around and just see different things as I was running. And, you know, it was kind of like most runner stories, you know, one thing leads to another and just kind of, you know, want to challenge yourself more. And you're like, Hey, I've been doing this running thing, signed up for a first 5k did pretty well at that first 5k. And I was like, Oh, maybe I can be a quote unquote <laughs> runner. Right. And just yeah. kind of progress to 10k half marathons, um, you know, from that point. And then really kind of answer your question as far as really specializing in working with runners as a physical therapist. It wasn't until, you know, I started making all of the rookie mistakes that most beginner runners make. And I got my first running related injury. Mm -hmm. And I was told, you know, it was proximal hamstring tendinopathy. It's basically a pain in your butt, literally at your <laughs> sit bone. And it was one of those like injuries that's different that, you know, when I went to PT school, you didn't learn about, and it should be treated differently than the old like rest, stop running. So it wasn't until I did research myself and was like, oh, this is a bit different and started treating myself and, you know, getting help that I was like, Hey, maybe other runners are struggling with other running related injuries and just realized that runners need to be treated differently than what most sports medicine practitioners. And I was like, you know, a sports medicine PT and orthopedic specialist and, you know, treat a lot of adolescent athletes, but runners as adults, we are different mm -hmm. than adolescent athletes and need to be treated differently. And then that's when I just, kind of started the passion of educating, you know, the patients at the time that I was working with. And then this led to kind of educating on a larger scale with the podcast and our running community. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm um, interesting. I had that same injury early you on. Did. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, what's so funny about that injury, because you say runners are different. You know, my, f the first thing somebody suggested was go over to a yoga class. And I was like, okay, the more that I stretched it, the worse it was. I was like yes. dying in the yoga class. And I'm like, something yes. is not right here. And you're just, you know, you're always trying to think about how in as individuals already, we need things that maybe our partner or somebody else doesn't. But as runners, we truly do need a little bit of different care and self-care, you know. So that's interesting you say that. Yeah, absolutely. I know that is so common where, and it's instinctive. Most people think I stretch my hamstrings and most practitioners, no matter who you see, you know, medical doctor, chiro, PT, whoever, who isn't really familiar with this injury and, you know, not familiar with like running specific content will tell you to stretch it. Right. And yeah, it is the worst thing you can do uh, for that condition. So yeah, it is unfortunately a common one out there. So I'm glad that you are not dealing with that anymore. No, I, I've definitely um, appreciated PT along the way. Um, I also am fascinated too, I think when, and we'll talk about this, I, I would love your advice later on in the podcast for folks that are like just starting their running journey. But I know my first marathon, um, I had this like, you know, Hal Higdon, like training plan. And, you know, it would say in there like, do some cross training or strength training. And I was like, I don't have time for this. I have to get all these miles in. And I remember that first marathon and it went, you know, it went well, I finished, but gosh, after that, it was like my whole body was breaking down the entire time during the race, my upper body. And I thought to myself, no wonder they had the strength training as a part of that plan. Yeah. Like it's necessary yes. to strength train. Yeah, I I say strength training is not cross training because cross training is like do another form of exercise besides running, right, to kind of like offload your body. Strength training is essential. It is key. It is one of our foundational principles that you need to literally strength train in order to run. Yes. Because if you're only running, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And you might have been OK in your 20s, maybe in your early 30s, but telling you. Once you get to 40s and 50s, that's <laughs> yeah. when things start breaking down and, you know, issues are not 
um, as strong as they used to be. They don't have the blood flow that, you know, they used to have. So that's when we see the common, you know, conditions of like Achilles tendon pain, plantar fasciitis, runner's knee, IT band pain, hamstring tendinopathy. Um, so yes, yeah, your point is well taken and it is a necessity to do that strength training. Yeah, we'll come back there. I think I'd love to dive in a little bit more on, you know, it's funny when you're in in the running community on social media, because it's just filled with like finish line photos and medals and just all of these things. And, you know, we're, we get all the feels from those things. But I know for myself, there have been so many benefits to running over the years beyond the finish lines and the medals, like what it's done for me. I would love to hear how running has, what is what are the benefits it's given you over the years outside of those little victories that we've called finish lines and medals? Yeah, well, running honestly is the magic pill, right? Everyone in our society wants the quick fix. You want the pill to just get rid of things and running is that magic pill and it has been documented well-researched. It has physical mental benefits. And, you know, the thing that we see a lot in our clients is really builds that Mm self-confidence. And just for example, some of the things that's been shown in the literature that running does is decreases blood pressure, cholesterol, body weight, cancer risk, anxiety, and stress. Alzheimer's risk, cardiovascular disease, diabetes risk, right? And then it also increases sleep. You sleep better, your Mm -hmm. bone strength, your mental health, your lung function, sexual health, immune system, longevity, and concentration. And I think you can agree, like I know myself have felt all of these kind of physical benefits and mental benefits, but, you know, the self-confidence really challenging yourself to do hard things, mm-hmm. right? And be able to overcome hard things and show yourself that you can do it. I know for me, like the reason I run in the beginning in, you know, when I first started in my thirties, it was to get back in shape after my surgery. Right. And I was doing it really for honestly, the physical aesthetic benefits of just trying to look lean, right. Um, yeah. and not get da- dad bod. Right. Um, <laughs> So, you know, honestly, now I realize, you know, really, especially after COVID and, you know, we can kind of talk about that, but, you know, even a little bit before that, I realized that I was able to show up better as a husband, as a father, as an educator, as a business owner, right? And, and even for my running community um, and, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with tell us these same stories, right? And I just think of like, running for me got me through. So I did go on to get like an academic doctoral degree and became faculty Mm -hmm. member. So I did PhD and that was like six years of pretty much hell, uh, working full-time, teaching part-time, um, and being a father of two young, you know, girls and like running honestly kept me sane during those years, because if I didn't have it, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. And it's kind of, uh, funny or strange because actually a lot of our clients in our coaching program are doing the same thing. Um, They actually get coaching because they know they need the running to get them through, but they don't have the time to structure it out and worrying about like, what exercise do I need to do? What are the runs I should be doing? They just offload that. Right. And we take care of that so they can focus on writing their dissertation and, you know, defending. Um, But, you know, I think of like, we have a client, Susanna, who she just comes front and center because she kind of described this. And I think she put it in such a great way because she was someone who never runner, never thought she could run, um, you know, is a mom, is kind of juggling two jobs, right? She has like the side hustle and she's, you know, starting a business as an entrepreneur and, you know, she, she's never thought she could run. And she went from not being able to run to not only running a half marathon, but running the second one and actually like falling in love with running. And she describes running as like life changing. Mm -hmm. And just for her to be able to show up as a mom, as a wife, as an entrepreneur. And I just love hearing those stories. And because I know for myself and I know you, you know, have spoken about this, you know, what running has done for you, but 
you know, there are other people and people might look at us as like, oh, but only they can do it because yeah. they're this special type of person. Like, no, they're ordinary people just like you who are mm -hmm. listening to this podcast that have gone from never thinking they can run because honestly, that was me even yeah. back in PT school. Like when I was strong and, you know, working out in the gym and I looked physically fit, um, mm -hmm. I tried running multiple times even for like longer distances on that treadmill and I would get shin splints and I would get piriformis syndrome. And I was told I was a pronator and one of my professors, put me in custom orthotics, and basically was like, Hey, you can't be a runner. Yeah. Now I know that none of that was true. And yeah. so for whatever circumstance that you might be kind of going through or thinking, and maybe you're just tuning into this because you're like, I, I love this podcast and you know, yeah, I'll hear about this running thing, but that is just not for me. Um, yeah, you might give it a second second thought because there are many people out there who have gone from never thinking they can run and to doing like what you're doing with the world marathon majors, which is just like incredible, right? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting listening to you say all this because I feel like not only do we put self limitations on ourselves constantly, but I think social media also brings that presence where you're sort of like, well, I can't do that. Oh, I've never done that. So we're, we're constantly in this world right now of like limitation. Um, and funny story, I, I actually signed up for Inside Tracker a couple of months ago because I was like, I just really want to see what's going on, like inside, mm -hmm. the, <laughs> under the hood, you know. Um, but one of the parts of the Inside Tracker was like, how do you excel athletically? And mine came back the very opposite of distance running. It was like, oh, wow. you're better suited for short distances. And I'm not going to lie. That was a little bit of a, of a mind game for me because, you know, this whole time I've been using the hashtag making a distance runner because it has been hard for me. And all these people that reach out and say like, oh, I could have never run three marathons in three weeks. I could never do the world majors. I mean, I'm struggling out there too. Like every day is a challenge for me. And I have come a long way myself fighting through limitations. But even with that, seeing that in my DNA was kind of like, oh man, am I like, I'm really breaking the mold here because this says that my body should be doing short distance. So it's just interesting to hear you say that, yes, running is one of those things that you're just like, I can do this and I can continue to push myself and challenge myself and break through these limitations. Um, so, yeah, this is wild. It is amazing. It is amazing. Um, yeah, no, and that, that is very interesting that that came up in your report and yeah, it's just evidence there to show you that, yeah, you're not limited by your DNA. You're not limited by what your physical status is right now, right? That can change. And, you know, we can make changes to habits and from physical standpoint, mental standpoint. And it is something that I guess, you know, I don't want people to be intimidated by uh, because the benefits, like I said, it's that magic pill. So oh, yeah. it is worth it to give it a shot if you haven't already. I agree. A hundred thousand percent, actually. That's even a, a thing. But I, <laughs> I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to narrow in on difficult times. I know running ended up I, I know a lot of runners that started running just during COVID because they needed an outlet. Um, but I, and I know for myself, um, I actually just finished my book finally on burnout and like my story going through burnout and trying to help others. And running was the one staple as I read through ahead of editing. You're like, wow, look at how many times running came up and saved me during this awful time. And so I'd love to hear, you know, how has running helped you through difficult times? Yeah, no. Well, first off, congratulations for uh, finishing the book. That's yeah. a huge undertaking. Very, <laughs> so very long. But you're, but you're also a PhD student, that. so you get it. Like you, you, you did that, so you understand the long feed of writing. Yeah, but no <laughs> one ever is going to read my dissertation. So <laughs> it's it just sits in my office in this binder that no one will ever read. People will actually read your book and actually get some real help from it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, well, running definitely certainly got me through, you know, 
you know, first off was like getting back in shape after surgery. And then it got me through the PhD years, as I call them, right? And really kind of as I changed um, in my career from going from clinician to academician and then to business owner, um, you know, making all those shifts in my career, it's always been that staple for me. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that it really helped me overcome during the difficult times was when COVID hit, when we had uncertainty in the world and my whole business that I just started for a year and a half was an in-person clinic business. And I was literally, you know, treating patients in person and we shut down the doors and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Right. Um, so I had to pivot, right. I had to kind of, and luckily I actually just started, um, the healthy runner podcast three months before COVID hit. So that was already established. And I was like, okay, well, let me just make sure this thing winds up being successful and, you know, continuing to grow, um, the online running community. And that's where, you know, my whole business had a basically pivot and shift to more online model and just helping folks put it. It's just awesome because now I'm able to work with people all over the world. Whereas prior to that, you know, I was only helping people in my local community here in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was definitely a benefit, but during those uncertain times and, you know, not knowing what the heck to do, our local community here, you know, we would still get together, um, for runs. You know, I did some virtual races to like raise money for causes to keep people like, active and give them something mm -hmm. when all races were canceled, give them something to shoot for. Like, Hey, I actually trained for a half marathon, even though there are no half marathons happening. Um, so all of that, and I really established, you know, our runner strength program in, in me working out of my living room because my gym was closed for two months. Yes. Um, so it kind of, um, you know, changed a lot of things, but the biggest, you know, loss and, um, that I had was unfortunately my mom did pass away from COVID. Wow. So, you know, just going through the loss of my only parent. So my father hasn't been in my life since I was like five. Um, you know, and my, my name, Scotty is my mom's maiden name. Like when I graduated okay. college, before I graduated, I changed my last name. I had to go to the courts and all this, because that's the only family that I've known yeah. is my Scotty family. So just losing her, um, you know, was definitely very, very difficult and tough. And she was, you know, my girl's biggest cheerleader and went to all their events mm -hmm. and, you know, volleyball games, dance recitals, gymnastics competitions. And, mm -hmm. you know, she was always there to help us, uh, my wife and I. So just honestly, like going through that whole period, if I didn't have running and I didn't have, you know, just to focus on training and, mm -hmm. and, and just keeping my body good, my mind wouldn't have stayed good. Um, yeah. And that running just gave me that consistent outlet where whether I was going for a run, strength training, you know, I was moving my body. It was helping me kind of along that grieving journey um, that mm -hmm. we go through. And yeah, I think, you know, there are so many people who have lost and, you know, I've experienced loss, especially since COVID or you know, clients that we work with who have gone through divorces and, you know, gone through losing a job or, you know, running can be that, you know, outlet physically and mentally and emotionally, really, uh, to get through some of those difficult times. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually, um, I had run a couple half marathons before, but in 2017, I, I was going through a pretty big, um, you know, messy divorce. And I thought to myself, okay, I, this girl that I went to college with, she's running the world Walt Disney world marathon, you know? And I think if I focus on that, it'll at least be some distraction and like focus away from, you know, getting through the process, um, where everything felt like it was falling apart. That one bit of my life didn't. Um, and I think that that is a nice staple for folks to have. Um, especially when they're, they're really going through a lot in their life, you know, mm -hmm. just to have something. And I don't know about you, but there are a lot of spiritual components as well to running. Do you often absolutely. have that feeling of spirituality when you're absolutely. out there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
um, it, it gives us that moving meditation, right? And allows us that space and headspace to really get into our thoughts because, you know, like most people, I'm sure a lot of us, right? Our days are hectic, right? Yeah. And you're going from one thing to the other. And luckily from you and um, your self-care strategies, um, <laughs> I believe it was your second episode uh, that really helped me out. Um you know, I'm able to actually shut some of that down now at night. So I've been I've been very consistent in implementing Good. my self care routine an Glad hour before bed. <laughs> so yeah, all your strategies have been amazing. So if anyone's listening to this episode and you still haven't listened to like all the other amazing episodes Amy has, go back, listen to the self care episode. I highly recommend it. Um, I've been implementing all of that myself and have found it very very helpful. Um, but yeah, running could be very spiritual and it could be that moving meditation and it, 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 especially if you can do it outside. Um, I yeah. think that's helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. I did want to ask your question on, or I did want to ask your opinion on, on this particular matter. So, you know, as, as you know, with runners typically starts and then you do your first race and then the next thing you know, you're on race number 50 and constantly looking at like what's coming next, you know? So I, I find that there's a, a bunch of um, folks that I kind of keep up with that, you know, they tend to start to get burnt out from running from the joy from so it's almost like the joy is stripped from this and that's that one thing we hold dear so i wonder from your perspective you know how can we sort of straddle the balance of like making it competitive and pushing ourselves and signing up for races but still having that moment where you know this is my outlet i think it really all comes down to your why right and why do we run and, you know, we really focus on that a lot with our clients too, with like races, right? And like me going into this marathon that we talked about before, you know, it, I had a strong why and purpose of really, it was my first marathon in five years. So it was before losing my mom, it was before COVID happened, right? Like there's been so much that's happened in the last five years since that last time I, you know, ran 26.2. So just having that strong why and knowing that, yes, you know, you can have goals to shoot for, but you know, you're not going to hit all of them all the time. And honestly, if we did, it'd probably be pretty boring, right? And it <laughs> so wouldn't boring. feel as sweet <laughs> when you do have those wins, right? So even though, you know, the race we had talked about, I, it was one of those days where I just had some unforeseen circumstances. If I just, I don't know, did some crazy time and I was like, yeah, I'm like so fit. And like, I started questioning like, Hey, could I actually qualify for Boston in like five years or something? Um, you know, it probably wouldn't feel as sweet as if next year, right. I run a marathon and I even do better. Right. And the joy and satisfaction that will bring me. So just thinking about like why you run and you know, I run as part of a lifestyle and that's always what it's been first and foremost um, before the, you know, the race times that we get or how we challenge ourselves. So you do have to keep it in perspective and it is tough and it does get um, tricky and it is a balance. And I've, you know, tried to, you know, keep it in perspective, especially for like this last marathon that I did. It was like, essentially like i created a bunch of marathon specific content um on the podcast and you know so i talked about it a lot and you know it's kind of a build-up i guess right you're it's like a big event it like felt like you're getting ready for like a huge wedding right it's like this big <laughs> event um and then it's just over and then it, it but when it's over you say to yourself like okay was do i just have whatever my time was on the clock when i finished that race or what has the training done for me as an individual, as a person, because I'm still a person who loves to work hard and motivated and just loves running as opposed to I'm defined by just being a runner and the time on the clock and whatever my, you know, marathon PR time is. 
Yeah, that's great advice. Your why is so important. And I definitely think in journaling activities, which I have talked about before, um, yes. it's always important to revisit the why. I usually start every marathon training block with a huge, like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the mission? Um, I also think, you know, listening to what you said too, we have to think about, you know, our life is constantly filled with things that don't go right. Like, we're not always going to get the yeses. We're not. I mean, gosh, could you imagine life if we were just like everything we did? Yes, yes, yes. Just moving on, moving exactly how it should. Um, I think sometimes when you get through the finish line and like you don't hit that time or things didn't go that your way. I mean, it's this is a case of resiliency. Like this, this prepares you for all the other things and all of other life's curveballs that are definitely going to come your way. So I think um, I think that's a great like when we're out there, you know, we have to remember that like, it's not a failure, it's a learning and we just need to embrace yes. that we did the journey. And now where do we go from here? You know, I remember beating myself up so many times getting through a finish line. Like, I just can't believe it. It didn't go the way that I wanted. And then you're just like, but what learnings were there? You know, there's so many. Right. Right. And it is hard because it's almost like, I think it's our human instinct to have that initial reaction and luckily for me, you know, even when I have that initial reaction, I'm, it's fairly quick that I can, you know, kind of turn that off and it helps journaling definitely. Yeah. And that's what I did. I've been journaling. I know. Good I wish I had you. it right here. I'd show you my journal um, <laughs> since you recommended it. And, you know, that was helpful to really go through and journal and just get out. Hey, what were the things that went well during this race? What were the things that didn't go so well? And, you know, what can we work on next time and what can we change? And yeah, that's how we learn and grow. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, clearly, I had way too many college degrees than I would like to admit to. <laughs> um, but I'm also, you know, want to be a lifelong runner. So in order to do that, we have to learn and grow and we grow as individuals as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I'm glad to hear that you're journaling also. So I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, if you're somebody out there listening, um, I know my mom's sort of been maybe like a year now. She's sitting on the, I really wish I could get a running routine going because I appreciate what you said is running is best when it is part of our lifestyle, I feel like. And it's not just like this extra thing to do. It becomes like a part of who we are. I think we're healthier and we're better humans because of it, if you ask me. But I'm wondering like, what's your opinion? How does somebody get started? especially if they may not have liked running in the past or they're just wanting to go dabble in it. Like what's the best way to get started, especially if you have never, you know, never run before. Yeah. So, um, shout out to mom there. Right. And just so mom knows it's not going to hurt her knees as we talked about <laughs> before. Right. <laughs> um, but a, a great way is really just to start with the walk run method. Um, it's a fantastic method. You can start by just going out for, jogging for 30 seconds and walking for 30 seconds and repeat that, you know, five times, 10 times, like everyone starts at their own level. Um, you know, matter of fact, like many runners actually start out, you know, like that. And it's been most popularized by the run, walk, run method by Jeff Galloway. Um, and many run Disney runners use, um, this method to get to the finish lines, um, for those awesome challenges. And, you know, the key is really allowing your body to adapt to the demands of running. And, you know, one of the biggest mistakes pretty much everyone makes when they start out running is they're they're going too hard too fast because they think running is exercise and if it is someone's goal there's a lot of people who take up running to lose weight mm -hmm. they think this needs to feel like a hit class this needs to feel like when i'm on that spinning bike and i'm like dripping sweat everywhere <laughs> and you try to do that as a novice runner and the body isn't ready for that intensity of running yet so we go out too hard too fast it feels terrible so we don't like it and we say running's terrible i i hate running right i hear that a lot or i you know running is just it's like punishment right or they get injured and mm -hmm. you know you do it for a couple of days couple of weeks and then you start getting shin splints and then you say to yourself oh i'm not meant to be a runner or i'm not meant to be a runner because my knee hurts 
and I'm getting, you know, runner's knee, patellofemoral pain. And, you know, I, I guess it's just not made for me. It's not in the cards. Um, it's because we're going out too hard. So you want to think less is more and think of your journey of starting running is not you doing a hard, intense exercise session. It should feel actually easy when you do it. And the nice thing about that is it makes it more enjoyable mm -hmm. and it prevents you from getting injured initially. And it allows you to actually develop the habit, right, that you need to form to make it a part of your life. So, yeah, those are pretty much my, you know, recommendations for kind of, you know, new runners looking to kind of dabble in it and just to incorporate it into their lifestyle. That makes me so happy, but also I would love to just make a plug for walking is okay anyway. Like I'm so, I I've seen just so much lately, like my athletes telling me, oh gosh, forgive me. I walked a little bit. Okay. So right. you still had your time right. on your feet, still moving, still getting yep. through it. You got the miles done. Walking's okay. And I know a lot of folks that have those intervals baked into their marathon training. You know, that's absolutely. just how they're doing it. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Love absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. Like even just like before even that walk run, I would say, yeah, you should feel comfortable walking for 15 minutes, you know, even before starting a walk run um, type of program and that you've been walking consistently and that you're able to do that. So excellent point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I just had to do that that plug there just because, you know, I'm tired. I, I, I feel like uh, when I did my three marathons in the three weeks, there was no way I was going to be like top tip top that entire time. <laughs> I had right. to have like a plan. I had like a walk, walk a minute, run two minutes there towards the last 10K of most of those races because I was, you mm -hmm. know, I was struggling and my body was breaking down pretty quickly. So I appreciate any any a uh, feeling of like walking's okay to add in here and there as well, mm -hmm. even when you're a more seasoned runner. Yeah. And I can appreciate that this week during my recovery week, because <laughs> as I, I've called myself this week to my wife, I'm, I'm now the healthy walker. Um, <laughs> so I've been getting out there for uh, walks around my neighborhood where typically I'd be, you know, running around my neighborhood. So yeah, there are definitely benefits to walking um, when you're getting started and then also for recovering after a marathon. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So you did talk a little bit about how, um, how to sort of approach running, uh, when you're newer to it, um, to avoid injury, but what tips do you have to think about this holistically? Like if you are, you have running as part of your lifestyle, it is your medicine. You need to be able to get out there. What are some of those staples that we can think about to keep ourselves, um, in avoiding injury? Yeah. So the biggest thing to keep in mind is that when we run, we are getting two and a half to three times our body weight being transmitted through our legs with every single stride. Wow. So in order to allow your body to not get injured, we need to be strong enough and we need to train correctly. So I really kind of summarize this. These are our foundational principles that I call kind of my spark blueprint. And if you want, we can kind of, you know, drop that in the show notes as like a freebie for your listeners. Um, it's a basically a free ebook, um, really okay. outlining everything. You know, I'll give you the brief overview, but it's really like five tips to run stronger and healthier. And the first one is strengthening and just implementing strength training in order to run. And I kind of mentioned that before, because we have to have strong enough muscles that when we're having two and a half to three times our body weight transmitted through the leg, then we can withstand those forces and your tendons are strong enough and your muscles are strong enough. Next is plyometrics or what we call jump training mm -hmm. and running is actually hopping from one leg to another. So you're essentially jumping from one leg to another. So wow. when we run, we need to basically utilize our muscles in a different fashion than when we utilize them just, let's say, you know, doing that seated, you know, leg curl machine in the gym or doing like the inner and outer thigh machine, right? Everyone mm -hmm. loves it, um, <laughs> right? Like they do. when we run, our muscle demands are different than what we do when we're doing those exercises. So just incorporating some type of 
jump training exercise and they don't need to be super intense, super high intensity. Like if you're envisioning like someone jumping on like, you know, five boxes that you've seen and you're like, oh, there's no way I could do that. No, there are some initial like introductory level to teach your brain, teach your muscles how to actually react to the ground and spring off the ground mm -hmm. because that's what we want them to do when we're running. Um, the third is really adding in single leg exercises. Ah, yes. Life-changing for me over here. <laughs> yes. So that's another key in, you know, what really makes us different as runners than if you were just, you know, a CrossFit athlete or you were just looking for general health strength to get fit and you want to do strength training. We need to make sure because when we run, we're always on one leg. Every single stride that we take, we're never on two legs. So we need to actually train those muscles and their specific muscles that are active when we stand on one leg. For example, your side hip muscle, your gluteus medius, super important muscle when we run, keeps our pelvis level. If it's not level, it drops. Our knee goes in is the biggest risk factor for getting that runner's knee that we were talking about or IT band pain. Um, so making sure that you're doing these single leg exercises into your routine is super important. And then kind of the fourth point is really routine self-mobility, soft tissue care. So a lot of this is different than what many people may think of, oh, it means I have to stretch and I'll just like hop down in a V position. Like you ever, you ever do like the sit and reach stretch <laughs> test, like as a kid, right? Like the physical yeah. fitness test. Um, hopefully they don't do those anymore. Oh, um, they're terrible. <laughs> right. So not stretching like that. Um, so really incorporating some soft tissue mobility, mobility exercises, dynamic warm up before your runs, um, you know, getting down on your foam roller or using your massage gun and then maybe doing some gentle stretching after a run. Um, so really taking care of your muscles. And, you know, the last tip is really honestly the most important, which is really being consistent and training smart with proper progression. Because even as a physical therapist, I can pick apart everyone's physical, pick up muscle imbalances, joints that are not moving. Okay, you need to mobilize your ankle. You need to mobilize your hip, right? But if you take care of the training part of things, you can pretty much stave off 90% of running related injuries. So the majority of clients that I see with a proximal hamstring tendinopathy or an Achilles, <laughs> you know, that is hurting is because of they've had some type of spike in their training, um, whether or not they're running their pieces too fast, they're implementing speed work and also starting to run longer for their long runs on the weekends increasing weekly running volume. So there are different variables that we look at from a coaching standpoint. So it's really a matter of training smart and, and having a plan that is slowly progressive in nature. And you need to be patient and not be fixated on you want to run less than a 10 minute mile on your runs every day, right? Like just because that sounds good to you. And I have so many clients who just tell me that like, Hey, my goals, I want to do you know, less than a 10 minute mile. And it's like, well, why do you want to do that? And, you know, what do you actually want to be able to get out of, you know, running? Is it, you know, whatever your specific goal is. So that's definitely um, the last tip is really, you know, keeping consistent, running consistently, training smart. I guess my next question for you really is like, how often do we need to add the strength training in? Like what, what amount of time should we dedicate to the strength training? Like what's the balance here? Cause I know some people overdo it. Some people don't do it enough. So what do you recommend? Yeah. So the, the answer really depends upon, are you currently doing strength training? Um, mm -hmm. And if you are, then, you know, you're going to have a little bit more leeway in terms of how much to add in. And it really depends upon where you are in your calendar training cycle. Right. So for um, most runners, we really recommend kind of a what we call base training phase. All right. And, you know, if you're in a cold weather state like I am, a lot of times for most of us, it's the winter months. Right. That you dedicate a, you know, a 12 week block to just really doubling down on your strength training. So, you know, someone might do three times a week for an hour. Um, okay. However, as you go into specific half marathon training or marathon training, then we usually bring it down to two days a week. 
And then, you know, if you do have a very busy life and you don't have a lot of time, you can easily get a 30 minute strength training session in, um, you know, at minimum, I like to have, you know, most runners do 30 minutes twice a week. Okay. You can definitely reap the benefits of that. But like I said, if you have more time and you're able to kind of dedicate, it is nice to be able to do a little bit more during those times when you're not peaking in kind of your race training uh, season. Okay. That doesn't seem like that big of a commitment. I think everyone mm. could definitely put that into their lives, then no doubt. Yes. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, I always like to have one final word of wisdom. If somebody's out there, they're really looking for a new outlet, or maybe they said they didn't like running, or what is your final thoughts of why running is so powerful for medicine for us as human beings dealing with chaos and stressful lives? Yeah, well, you know, just like all the amazing tips that you've shared on your show on how we can be better humans, um, just keep in mind that in order to take up running, we need to train in order to run and that you can become a quote unquote, there's my air quotes, runner. Um, you just need to be smart about it. And, you know, you need to have some patience and some grace with yourself. And if you're looking for overall health and wellness, you really need to maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and you can just keep on running. Love it. Love it. Love it. Where is the best place for listeners to get a hold of you? I'll have everything linked up in the show notes, but where can they go for, you know, to reach out? Yeah. Spark Healthy Runner um, is pretty much where you'll find us um, at you know, dot com. Um, those are our handles on Instagram, very active on there. And then also Facebook. And if you like podcasts, give the Healthy Runner podcast a try or a listen um, during whether you're going for a walk, you are in the car, or maybe you're going for a run right now. Um, we love to um, have you in our community, uh, you know, sharing all the tips that we love to share on how runners can really, you know, get stronger and stay healthy along the way. Yes, it's a great podcast. I have a, we have a lot of um, car listeners, so that is a great way of absorbing awesome. all your great content. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Dwayne. It's been amazing listening to your stories and your wisdom. Yeah, always great connecting. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, bye. Chatting with Dwayne was definitely one of my favorite conversations to date. I couldn't agree more when he refers to running as the magic pill. I think movement in general is truly so powerful for all facets of our life, but there are so many elements to running, especially the self-confidence component that make it a lot more powerful and frankly, life-changing. I challenge all of you to give it a try, keeping Dwayne's best practices in mind for starting a running routine because like he says, that's how you can get that perceived perception of, I don't like running because you just go too hard, too fast. See how it goes. Dwayne's info is linked up in the show notes and you know where to find me on Instagram at life on my terms podcast or via email at info at personalbestcoaching.net. It's time to live life on your terms and maybe start running. I'll catch you next time.